Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Vayigash. Uh, Vayigash uh, continues where we left off uh, our story last time, um, at what could only be described as a cliffhanger. Uh, at the end of Parashat Miketz, uh, it looks like Binyamin uh, seems to be guilty, we know he's not, but seems to be guilty of stealing Yosef's cup. They, the brothers still don't know that it's Yosef. Uh, and uh, even though the brothers uh, have said that uh, we are all prepared to be uh, slaves to you, uh, Yosef says, uh, absolutely not. Uh, only the person who is guilty, that is to say, Benjamin, will will stay here, and the rest of you, as he ends the parasha, the rest of you uh, go back up to your uh, father in peace. And of course, that's not that's not possible. It will not be peaceful for Yaakov if they return without Benjamin. But that's where the parasha ended, and now, uh, at the beginning of this week's parasha, we continue. So we ended last parasha wondering what's going to happen next, uh, and uh, we find out in the very first part of the parasha. The parasha itself is divided, I would say, into about eight parts, and the first part is in which Yehuda argues for Binyamin's release. Uh, he steps forward, Vayigash, and... He makes his presentation, he asks for permission to speak, he says, uh, you are like Paro, uh, you are uh, of great importance, great power, I have uh, great respect. And Yehuda then proceeds to repeat uh, what happened up until this point. Uh, you asked us if we have a father or a brother, we said we have an elderly father, uh, we had one brother who is no longer uh, alive, which is ironic because that's Yosef and he's talking to Yosef, but he doesn't know that. And um, there's one more brother who is uh, is home with our father. And uh, you said that we cannot come back without uh, without this younger brother of which you speak. And um, our father originally did not want to let us uh, bring Binyamin because Binyamin was the only one who is left, uh, Rachel is no longer alive, Yosef is no longer with him, Binyamin is all he has uh, from his beloved Rachel. Uh, but when it became absolutely necessary to return to Egypt in order to buy food, uh, says Yehuda, I took personal responsibility for Binyamin. I said that I will be, uh, if I do not return with, ben- with Binyamin uh, safe and sound, then I will be sinning to you uh, all the days, and Rashi explains this means that I will be uh, removed both from this world and in the next world. So therefore, since I have taken personal responsibility, I, says Yehuda, will remain a slave in Benjamin's place because I cannot possibly return to our father without uh, without Benjamin. That would uh, only bring about uh, great, great suffering to our father, and I cannot allow that to happen. Now, this is something that uh, Yosef very likely did not expect. He did not expect to hear that one of the brothers uh, 
uh, or any of the brothers, would take personal responsibility for Binyamin. It would seem that uh, the brothers have uh, have changed in their attitude, uh, that they do not treat Binyamin the way they had treated him, and uh, they clearly have uh, regretted what they did to Yosef, but now uh, the, uh, Yehuda is prepared to take personal responsibility. And so, in the second part of the parasha, Yosef uh, has his response. And he begins by revealing his identity to his brothers. First, he orders uh, everyone else out, and uh, the brothers really don't understand what's going on. And then he says to them, in Hebrew, Ani Yosef, I am Yosef. He, uh, the, the brothers, of course, dumbfounded. Yosef uh, says, uh, Hashem has sent me ahead to Egypt to provide a possibility of uh, living uh, during these years of famine. Do not be sad. Do not feel uh, bad about what you did because the fact is that Hashem has sent me here to save our famine, our family uh, during the famine. And then Yosef goes on to say, uh, bring father and the family down to Egypt. First tell father uh, about me, tell him that I'm alive, tell him that my, my position in Egypt, um, and bring the entire family down to Egypt. You will all live in a place called Goshen, which is a place that's suitable for you. Uh, it's a uh, it's a place of uh, good grazing land, and it's relatively isolated from the other Egyptians, but it's close enough to where I live. All of these things are important. Uh, I will support you. Yosef says, during these years of famine, this is where you will be. And it's at this point that there is a great deal of crying and kissing. Uh, Yosef and Benjamin embrace and cry. Uh, and uh, then the brothers all speak to one another. Uh, so the brothers now know that Yosef is alive, and not only alive, but he's actually uh, doing very, very well. Uh, he is in charge of the food in Egypt. Um, so the next part of the parasha is Paro's command. Uh, Paro hears about all of this and he says, bring your family to live in Egypt. And he also instructs uh, Yosef to send wagons to transport the family. And he says, do not worry about your possessions because you can buy whatever you need here. Um, and then we come to the next part of the parasha in which Yosef sends his brothers back to Canaan. He sends them with plenty of provisions. He sends them with gifts uh, for the brothers, special gifts, extra gifts for Binyamin and for Yaakov. And he reassures them uh, that, uh, that he, will not, uh, he will not seek any revenge against them. This is the right thing for them to do. Um, they should... Uh, they should go back to uh, to Canaan and bring Yaakov down. And he ends with some uh, final instructions, saying, uh, "Do not take any extra time. Don't get uh, uh, don't get taken off track during your trip back to uh, to Canaan. But rather, uh, come down. Go first up to Canaan and then bring the family." Uh, which brings us to the next part of the parasha, in which the brothers actually return to Yaakov, and uh, they tell 
uh, their aged father, they tell Yaakov that Yosef not only is alive, but that he is a ruler in Egypt. At first, Yaakov doesn't believe them. He has been living and mourning uh, for uh, for Yosef all of these many years, um, and he uh, can't really uh, believe it at first. Uh, they do ex- they do explain it all to him, but then he sees the wagons. And when he sees the wagons, he comes to the realization that in fact uh, this must be true, and so Yaakov makes the decision: uh, Yosef must be alive. I will go and see him, meaning I will go to uh, to live in Egypt uh, before I die. And uh, so that is the decision. They're going to go down to Egypt. Which brings us to the next part of the parasha in which Yaakov and his family descend, uh, relocate in Egypt. They begin to travel and uh, one of the places that they stop main place they stop in the land of Israel before leaving Israel is Be'er Sheva. In Be'er Sheva, Yaakov offers sacrifices to Hashem and Hashem speaks to him and says, do not be afraid of going down to Egypt. I will be with you. I will be with you as you go down to Egypt and I will uh, uh, go up with you as well. Uh, Yosef will uh, will be able to see you uh, by the time you die, and uh, and that is a reassurance for for Yaakov. And so Yaakov and the entire family uh, journey down to Egypt. And it's at this point that the Torah tells us about Yaakov's full family, the seventy nefashot, uh, the seventy souls that uh, go that are in Yaakov's family as he goes down to Egypt. And the Torah gives us a careful accounting. First, the children of Leah, um, numbers 33, and if you uh, count up the names uh, of all of the children and grandchildren, uh, you only see 32, but uh, the 33rd uh, must be uh, Yocheved. Yocheved, remember, is the daughter of Levi, uh, who uh, was born as they came into Egypt, uh, Chazal say. So that's 33. Then the children of Zilpah, which is 16, children and descendants of Zilpah. The children uh, and descendants of Rachel, which is 14. And the children of Bilhah, a total of 7. And and so, uh, and of course, Yosef himself uh, should be included, of course, among the children of uh, of Rachel. Uh, So this makes a total of 70. Uh, of 70 people. Uh, on the way down to Egypt, Yaakov sends Yehuda ahead in order to make uh, preparation for their uh, for their arrival, uh, so that Yehuda will make sure that everything is uh, prepared before they even get there. Chazal say that among the things that Yehuda was charged with doing was setting up a place of Torah learning. Uh, and then, uh, at long last, Yaakov and Yosef meet as uh, Yosef himself harnesses his own chariot in order to uh, in order to be reunited uh, with his father. And when they see each other, uh, there is a great deal of crying. We'll talk later on about uh, about this crying. Uh, 
Uh, but of course, it is a very emotional moment. Uh, then Yosef gives instructions uh, to his brothers. He says, tell Paro uh, that you are shepherds. Make it very clear that you are shepherds. The reason why this is important is uh, this will justify your living in Goshen, the place called Goshen. And Goshen uh, is, uh, is right for them because it is good grazing land. Uh, and it is fairly close to where Yosef lives, but it's also more isolated. There aren't that many Egyptians there. And that's because the Egyptians uh, have a problem with, uh, with shepherds. They do, not, uh, they do not like to be close to shepherds, uh, probably because shepherds uh, have control over the animals that the Egyptians consider uh, deities. Uh, and they, it would seem, have a particular problem with people who come from uh, from the land of the Ivrim, the Hebrews. So all of this is part of uh, what Yosef wants, because he wants the brothers, uh, he wants his family, uh, his extended family, to be more isolated, not to be in close, such close contact with the Egyptians. Uh, that will not be good for their uh, spiritual uh, development. So tell Paro that you are shepherds, this way you will live in, in Goshen. Uh, then... Yosef presents his family before Paro. He doesn't present all of his brothers. He chooses five of them. And then Yaakov also comes to have an audience uh, with Paro. And when Paro asks him how old he is, Yaakov says, I am 130 years old. And Yaakov blesses Paro. At the end of this section, Yosef settles his family in Goshen, in a specific section of Goshen called Ramses, and Yosef sees to it that his family is supported, especially during the remaining years of the famine. The Torah, the next section of the parasha, is in which uh, the Torah describes how Yosef uh, supervises the sale of food during the years of uh, famine. of course, at first, when people need food, they take money to buy it. But when the money is depleted, uh, Yosef uh, says that he's prepared to exchange food for livestock. And then, uh, when that runs out, people offer their lands as well as themselves in exchange for food. But Yosef only ex- uh, accepts the purchase of land uh, in exchange for food, and the, fo- and the land then becomes the property of Paro. So one of the legacies of what Yosef is doing here is the land of Egypt, the entire uh, real estate of the land of Egypt becomes the property of the sovereign. Yosef also relocates populations in order to make it possible for people to to be sustained. Uh, The only lands that remain unaffected are the lands that belong to the Egyptian uh, priests uh, and uh, Yosef provides the people with seed to replant the land. The land now belongs to Paro, and so they are in the employ of the king. Uh, the agreement is that they will work the land, and whatever the land produces, uh, they will keep four fifths, and one fifth, twenty percent, will be given to Paro, and this becomes the law in Egypt. And the, uh, the very last part of the parasha says that uh, 
Yisrael, meaning Yaakov and his entire family, uh, settles, they settle in Goshen and become prosperous in Goshen. And uh, this is actually the beginning uh, or a foreshadowing of some later problems where uh, the family of Yaakov, uh, despite being isolated in Goshen, uh, begins to uh, become so prosperous that they actually buy up property in, uh, in the land of Egypt. And that means that they're, uh, they're going to be uh, more in contact with uh, the Egyptians and uh, uh, that that could be problematic later on. But that brings us to the end of Parashat uh, Vayigash. An interesting thing about the end of Parashat Vayigash is that there is uh, a very uh, unusual ending to the Parashat in that there is no special space. Usually at the end of the Parashat there's a space, either a an enclosed space or an open space. There is no such thing here. There is just the the normal space that we have between the end of one pasuk, one verse, and the beginning of the next pasuk. Uh, But more about that in next week's parasha. Uh, Let's talk in greater detail about the uh, final emotional meeting between Yaakov and Yosef. Torah says, Vayesor Yosef Merkavto, Yosef harnessed uh, his his own chariot, Vayal Likrat Yisrael Aviv Goshna, and he went up to Goshen to meet his, uh, to his father. Vayera Elav, he, uh, he appeared to him. Now that's ambiguous. Uh, who appeared to whom? Uh, we'll, we'll see that uh, as we, as we continue. Uh, Vayipol al Savarav, and he uh, f- fell on his neck. Vayevk al Savarav od, and he uh, wept on his neck. Od, more, further. We'll have to talk about that as well. Vayomer Yisrael el Yosef. Yisrael said to Yosef. Yisrael meaning Yaakov said to Yosef, Amuta hapam. Now I will die. Or now I can die. After I have seen your face, I've seen you myself, uh, that you are still alive. Uh, first, let's see what Rashi has to say about, uh, these, uh, about these psukim. First of all, Rashi points out, takes note of the fact that uh, Yosef uh, harnessed his chariot uh, himself um, and uh, this is, of course, uh, unusual because normally uh, Yosef would be uh, would have other people do it for him. Uh, so Rashi points out he did this himself um, because he wanted to uh, to show special honor to his. To his father, out of honor, respect, love for his father, uh, he did this himself rather than assigning it to anyone else. And then the pasuk says, "And he appeared to him." Who appeared to him? So Rashi insists that it means Yosef wa- appeared to uh, his father. He presented himself to his uh, to his father. We'll say 
So it doesn't mean the other way around because it is ambiguous who appeared to whom. Uh, and then finally, it talks about Vayev called Savarav Od. He wept on his neck, uh, Od. So Rashi says that Od here means a great deal. Harbot uh, he, he cried a great deal, copiously. And Rashi goes on to say that he wept a great deal, uh, more than is usual. So who is... Uh, uh, who's doing the, the, the crying? So Rashi assumes that uh, it's Yosef, because earlier it says that Yosef appeared before his father, so Yosef was the subject of that. So this me, uh, must mean, according to Rashi, that Yosef is also the subject of this, that Yosef is the one who cried, and he cried a great deal uh, after not having seen his father for a long time. But according to this, it suggests that Yaakov was not crying, and that's what Rashi says it, uh, Explicitly, Yaakov, however, did not fall on Yosef's neck, and he didn't kiss him. Um, and he uh, he quotes in the names of, of the of our rabbis. What, what was Yaakov doing at this time? He said he was reciting the Shema. Uh, that could mean that it was the time of reading the Shema, and therefore he uh, he did so. Or uh, it's connected to the fact that. Yaakov uh, says, I'm going to die now. In other words, I feel, uh, I feel death approaching, or I feel like I can die. And what does a Jew do uh, when feeling that death is approaching? Uh, recite, recites the Shema. Uh, so that uh, might be what, uh, what uh, Rashi, quoting this Chazal, has in mind, uh, that Yaakov felt that uh, he was close to death, or he was aware of, of death, uh, and therefore he recited the Shema, but it's only Yosef who cried. The Ramban has uh, a different reading of, of all of this. Uh, first of all, going back to, uh, he appeared to him. Uh, so he, the Ramban says that first of all, um, Yaakov, who is very old, as we see in this parasha, he's 130, so his eyesight must already be coming dim, just from advanced age. And therefore, when Yosef arrives uh, with, uh, in the carriage, dressed as an Egyptian king, at first his father didn't recognize him. That's the way the Ramban reads it. Um, it's similar to the fact that you know, Yaakov's own brothers, whose eyesight was good, didn't at first recognize him. So... Um, so therefore the Torah says that when Yosef appeared before his father, first he stares at him and finally recognized him. He, he appeared to him, meaning he, uh, he could make out who this was. So that's what, the, according to uh, the Ramban, uh, this means that Yosef appeared before Yaakov because at first Yaakov didn't know who it was. Then, uh, continuing this, uh, according to the Ramban, the one who actually did uh, fell on uh, fell on his neck and cried was was Yaakov. Yaakov is the one who's doing all of the crying. It's different from from Rashi. Yaakov is doing all of the crying because, after all, uh, for these many many years, uh, Yaakov has been crying over the loss of Yosef, and now the Torah says that he's crying even more. Uh, now that he sees Yosef uh, alive. 
Um, and that's what he means when he says, now I can die because I've seen your face. Uh, and uh, the Ramban adds uh, a bit of uh, a bit of reason. Uh, given the ambiguity of who did the crying and who didn't, because it only seems that one of them cried, uh, who is more likely to cry under these circumstances? Um, the young Yosef, or the elderly father who has thought that his son has been dead all of these years and finally finds him not only alive, but also uh, in uh, a position of, uh, of reigning. It's much more likely that the elderly father is doing the crying. Yosef, on the other hand, it would not have been appropriate, says the Ramban, for the uh, respect of his father, for, ya- for Yosef to fall onto Yaakov's uh, neck. So we have two very, very different readings of uh, what exactly is going on here. But there's no question that this is a very, very emotional moment uh, for for the both of them, a final reunion between Yaakov and his beloved son, Yosef. And it's at this point that Yaakov will be able to spend out the, to, to spend the last years of his life uh, in uh, in peace and uh, tranquility. Uh, but more about that in next week's parasha. I thank you very much for joining me uh, in this exploration of Parashat Vayigash. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher. For Parasha highlights and insights saying, Shalom.